Hey, it's your girl Ashley Gray coming to you with another episode of Girl Code 101. And this is part four of my series called Growing Through Grief. Stay tuned. Hey, it's your girl Ashley Gray creator and host of the Girl Code 101 podcast. And I'm here to tell you that you can listen to Girl Code 101 all the time and not just on Sundays when a new episode is released. Go to www.girlcode101. All of the episodes are there from the very first one up until the most recent one. There are also opportunities to advertise with me as well as be a guest on my show. Yes, I'm doing that. Go to www.girlcode101.com as well as following this podcast on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, The Works, all under girlcode101.com. So that way you can stay connected. Again, www.girlcode101.com. Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Girl Code 101. If this is your first time listening, welcome. You have picked a great time to join the Girl Code 101 podcast movement. And if you are a returning listener, thank you so much for your commitment and your love and your support. Can you believe we are in part four? Like I'm like I've been running the series. This makes a month now, and I'm just so grateful. Um for every person that has reached out to me that have come to talk to me, whether it was in person or on social media, about how this series really has just been helping them and how it's really been making them really like examine themselves and how they're handling their grief and their loss process and everything like that. So I'm just really grateful um, to be able to have a platform where I can be able to discuss these different topics while I'm experiencing them. And I feel like it gives me like a little bit of a fresh perspective because of the fact that this is something very current um, for me. But today we're gonna be talking about bargaining. And I know a lot of times when you hear bargaining, you think of like yard sales or, you know, trying to, you know, negotiate this or something like that. Um, But bargaining is pretty much what the definition is to negotiate the terms or conditions and how that works in grief. Um, in grief, you may try to negotiate with yourself or with a higher power. So whether, you know, you believe in God or whatever your higher power is to try to undo the loss. So you try to negotiate with yourself, try to talk yourself, um, into trying to get out of the loss or you talk to a higher power of trying to get out of the loss. So, um, just kind of like some examples of how this may sound for some people who is probably in the bargaining stage of grief. They may say things like, if I just get them back, then I'll do this. You know what I'm saying? If I get if I get this um, thing that I lost back, I'll be better. Um, if I could spend one more day with him or her, you know what I'm saying? If I could bring them back, I promise I'll do this. So there's so many different um, examples as far as how bargaining was. Now, I'm not going to lie. When I first heard about bargaining, I was like, this isn't something that I've gone through. You know what I'm saying? If you go back to the first three, you know, shock, I experienced, denial, um, you know what I'm saying? I experienced, I experienced all of the first three stages of grief, but I did not think, I didn't think that I had experienced bargaining, um, until I was reading some of these and then just kind of going back and 
you know, remembering the different experiences that I had with my mom that day, you know, saying that she passed. And so I was still kind of like, well, I really have not experienced bargaining in in grief and loss. And it wasn't until I stopped looking at the day my mom died and looking at the day before the, the two days before she died that I realized, oh, wow. Like I really, I experienced bargaining because one of my things was I kept saying, if I had just went to the nursing home facility to see her, I could have prevented her from having a seizure or I could have helped catch the seizure early. So then there would have been a better chance of her survival. And so when I remembered that, it was like, oh my gosh. Like I really did experience bargaining, you know what I'm saying? And so it's, it's one of the things I do want people to understand. Um, a lot of times people will say, you know what I'm saying? Why are you negotiate? Why are you trying to negotiate with like yourself or with a higher power for, you know what I'm saying? Something that's already gone or something that's already happened and, you know, stuff like that. When it comes to situations like that, where it's almost kind of like it's in a desperation, you know what I'm saying? We're in this desperation of please, like, don't let this be real. Please do not let this be something that is really happening. And especially if you've lost like a loved one to death or anything like that, you know that it's for the long term. And so you're trying everything that you can in that moment for it not to continue down this pathway. And um, it becomes this thing where it's it's a very heavy, heavy feeling. Um, to have that feeling of bargaining, just like if I, if I, if I had done this, or if I do this, you know what I'm saying? I, I would, if I can do this, I want, can this come, can they come back? Or can this thing I lost come back if I do this? And it's crazy because it's just like, especially when things are, you know what I'm saying? Permanently, like they're a permanent loss. It's, you're trying to figure out how to wrap your mind around the fact of this is a permanent thing. And you're trying to bargain your way to get back this thing or this person that you lost. It's a very heavy and um, a very overwhelming feeling. And some like some characteristics of a person um, who may be in the bargaining stage of grief, they may overthink. You know what I'm saying? They, I mean, think about trying to play so many different scenarios out in your head. You know what I'm saying? Well, you know, for me, I'm just speaking from my example, you know, like, well, what if, um, what if that day I would have just went straight there after church instead of going home or, you know, or what if I, um, what if I had stayed a few minutes or an hour longer that Saturday, or, you know saying? What if I had did this or whatever I had done that? So, and playing out different scenarios and like me, I'm really bad with it because when I overthink, I try to break down to the most intricate detail possible. And sometimes it, it'll drive you crazy. So it's like so, so one of the things to do is just kind of like, you know, most uh, time people who um, experience bargaining, you know, they may overthink. They may feel shame. Um, they might feel blame. You know what I'm saying? They may um, compare a, a really big thing of like comparing themselves um, to others or other people who've experienced a similar situation. Well, they handle it like this. Maybe I should have handled, you know, what I'm saying my situation like that. They can be very anxious as well. And so there's so many different factors and characteristics that play into bargaining when it comes to grief and loss. And it can definitely be a very overwhelming thing. And so for me, my personal experience, um, when it came to bargaining, I did feel the overwhelming. I did feel the blame very, 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 very heavy. Um, because like I said, my mom, she passed away on a Tuesday. 
Um, but that Saturday, I had went to go see her, stayed for a few hours. You know what I'm saying? We talked and we laughed and, you know, different things like that. And we just had a good time. Um, and so like after the visit, I had been there for a few hours. And so, you know, I told her, I said, mom, I'm going to go ahead and, you know, go ahead and head home. And she said, okay, I love you. And, you know what I'm saying? I gave her a kiss and I told her, I love you too. I'll see you later. And that was the last time that I, um, saw her alive and was able to hear her talking and different stuff like that. So that was Saturday, um, Sunday when I got out of church, um, this was, she passed away in July. It was so hot. Um, and I just remember being so tired after church and, um, I didn't go that Sunday and she had called me, but she had called me and she had asked me, um, was I coming to see her today? And I said, you know, no mom, I'm not coming today. I'm kind of tired, but I definitely come by and swing by and see you before I go to work. And that was the last conversation that I had with her. Um, that Sunday night around 10 30, 11 o'clock, I got the call, um, that they had to take her from the rehab facility that, that she was at because she did have a seizure and on the way to the ambulance, you know what I'm saying? Her heart stopped and they had to, you know, do the resuscitation and stuff like that. And so by the time I got to the hospital, they had had her intubated and that I, there wasn't, there was not another conversation, um, with her. There was not any type of communication with her that I had had since Sunday. I mean, since Saturday. And I felt so much blame and so much hurt because it was just like, why didn't I just go? You know what I'm saying? That Sunday, why didn't I just go to see her? Even though, you know, even if it was just for 30 minutes. And um, I carry that weight with me. Um, I have my good days and my bad days with it, but I carry it because I think I replay that Sunday every single day especially on Sundays, <laughs> like, you know, so I replay it and I'm just like, why didn't I just go? You know what I'm saying? And I, and I've had, you know, my aunts have talked to me, different people have, um, talked to me about it. Just basically, you know what I'm saying? Um, basically saying, you know, there, there was really nothing that I could have done. Even if I was there, there was nothing that I could have done, um, to prevent her from having, you know what I'm saying? Having the seizure. There's just, you know, the things that are just the inevitable. Um, but when you're in the process of grief and loss and you're in the bargaining stage, you don't see it that way. You know what I'm saying? You start to see it as, well, what if I had, you know, just the what ifs, the, the sugar, shoulda, coulda, woulda is basically, what if I had did this? You know, I should have, I would, I, what if I would have, you know, all of these different things, right? Like that. And it just begins to just, you know, makes you overthink and it just becomes a thing that you just replay over and over and over and over and over again and I just I say it all the time why didn't I just go to the why didn't I just go see her why didn't I just go see her just 30 minutes and I and it was definitely at the time um when when we found out that it was not looking good I think I think what ended up happening was when she first got to the hospital I was like, why didn't I just go see her, right? So then when we found out that Tuesday morning that there was really nothing else the doctors could do um, and she was actively dying at that moment, I think it was even more of a weight for me because I was praying like, Lord, just give me one more chance. Like this cannot be how 
you know what I'm saying, how this ends. You know, even though even though Sunday, I mean, even though Saturday, we had a great day. You know what I'm saying? We talked and we had a good time and everything like that. Like, even though Saturday was good, I needed Sunday too. You know what I'm saying? Like, I needed Sunday. And so I, I remember praying like, God, this cannot be like the, the last time I talked to her. You know what I'm saying? It couldn't, it can't just be me telling her, well, I'm going to see her the next day. You know what I'm saying? That can't be the last conversation that I had. And it, and it breaks my heart when I, you know, when I think about it, because she was just like, you're, you're not going to come see me today. And, you know, I did later learn, you know, that she did have, because my mom had multiple strokes over, over years, over a year span. And, um, she end up having what's called vascular dementia and if you are familiar with um, vascular dementia that just basically means that you know you have dementia but it's, it's caused from times of having strokes or one stroke or multiple strokes and so she like I said she did have multiple so um you know her her memory was her short-term memory was kind of you know dwindling and different things like that and so, you know, she had um, called the first time and I told her, you know, I, was, I wasn't coming today and I was going to come Monday. And then she called me back with like maybe an hour or two and said, you know, she called me Ashley Boo. <laughs> She's like, Ashley Boo, you, you coming to see me? And I'm like, you know, no, mom, we just spoke on the phone, you know, about an hour ago. And I told you I'm coming on Monday and I replayed that. And I'm just like that second time I should have got up, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You know, just, of course, bargaining the whole, if I, if I had got up you know could you know maybe I could have but the like I said but the reality is you know what I'm saying there there was nothing that I could have done you know um and especially in you know this bargaining stage I don't know what it is or where you are in your grief and loss process um or even if you've come across this this stage of bargaining yet or if you've over you know overcome it which is great but if you have not and you're in this stage right now, um, it can definitely feel overwhelming and it could definitely feel like you're carrying this weight of what you could have done, what you should have done. You know what I'm saying? And now you're just, I feel like you're at a place where there's like desperation and you're wanting to be like, okay, I know that I dropped the ball, you know what I'm saying? But I just need a second chance. And, and the reality is, you know, sometimes it was not you. And I say sometimes because there are sometimes different factors of different things um, that we, you know, we have the control um, to do, but there's a difference between taking responsibility and blaming yourself. You know what I'm saying? I'm um, taking responsibility. You're aware of what part you played, but blaming is just this failed because of just me. You know what I'm saying? When it comes to the whole process of, of grief and of loss, um, there is, there's times where, you know, you take responsibility for things you could help in this instance of, you know, my mom passing or just in the sense in the, the full realm of death, you know, so that's the inevitable, you know, so there isn't, it, there was nothing that I did to her to, um, to cause her death. So there, you know, and this is me right now, like, like talking myself through getting over this part of blaming myself for not being there. You know what I'm saying? And it's, it's crazy because like I can feel myself like getting full right now, but you know what I'm saying? I'm trying to like, you know, get it together. But you know, I have to remind, I have to remind myself that there is no blame. You know what I'm saying? I didn't, I did not do anything wrong. 
you know, so I was there for my mom. I loved my mom. I, I supported her in every, you know, transition of her life that she had to go through. You know what I'm saying? I, I hurt because yes, did I, you know, did I want to be there that Sunday? Absolutely. But the reality, the reality was I was just exhausted. I was tired. You know what I'm saying? And it's normal. It's normal to be tired. It's normal, you know what I'm saying, to need a break. We never know when something like death is going to happen. You know what I'm saying? We don't know. Even doctors don't know. They, If you ever notice, like, with a doctor, they'll give you, like, a guess. You know what I'm saying? They'll say, like, maybe a month, maybe six months. But nobody has, like, a definitive, correct, diagnosed answer. Like, date, month, day, year. Nobody knows. You know what I'm saying? So I feel like I did all that I could um, with the time um, that I had my mom. But, you know, there, there are different times where people experience different griefs and loss. And, you know, the reality is that there were some things that they could have taken responsibility for um, that were things that they needed to, like I said, take responsibility for. But that doesn't mean that you get into a place where you boggle yourself down with blame and shame and just... Um, discuss with yourself because I'm telling you though it, it starts off small just like man I should have just you know what I'm saying but if you don't take care of that feeling immediately then it becomes well I should have took care of that and I didn't then it becomes wow I can't believe that I really did that and then, then it just becomes a downhill spiral and you don't want that there's a difference between taking responsibility and blaming yourself. There are two different entities and we have to get an understanding of when it comes to things of grief and loss, there are some things that are just the inevitable like death. And then there are some things that maybe we could have taken responsibility for. It just is what it is. You know what I'm saying? But that does not mean that it gives us this okay to boggle and beat ourselves down because of the things we should have did or could have did or didn't do or wanted to do or had the intentions to do. You know what I'm saying? So when I come back, I'm going to offer you some tips from bar for bargaining because bargaining, you know what I'm saying? Definitely can carry a lot of weight. All of the different stages of grief, um, you know, can carry some type of, you know, little weight with them, you know, good or bad weight. But Bargaining really, it's a really heavy thing. So I'm going to do the best I can to give you some, um, some tools and some tips to help with bargaining. So stay with me. I'll be right back. Hey, everybody, welcome back. So previously I spoke about bargaining and basically bargaining is, you know, trying to negotiate. Um, in grief and loss, a lot of times people will try to negotiate by saying things like, well, if I get this back, then I promise I'll do this. If I, if I get this person back or if I get to spend, if I could spend one more day with this person, you know, different phrases like that, um, are examples of someone who, um, would be experiencing bargaining in the grief and loss process. And then like some characteristics of a person who's, who may be bargaining, in grief and loss, they may overthink, they may feel shame, they may feel blame, they may feel anxiety, they may feel so many different feelings because they are trying to boggle with the fact of this has happened. I have lost this. So here are four tips that can help when it comes to dealing with the stage of bargaining. Number one, show yourself some compassion. 
This is very, 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 very important because in in, in bargaining, you have this feeling of shame and blame and guilt and all of these different things. You're basically beating yourself up when it comes to whatever the grief and loss process was. Um, Going back to what I was saying about my mom, I had so much blame because I did not go see her the day before she got into um, critical, critical condition before she died. It was, she had called um, and asked, was I coming? And I had told her, you know, I'm not coming today. I'm tired, but I'll definitely come tomorrow. And then tomorrow came and then that's when, you know, she started to decline. So I had so much guilt and blame because what if I had been there at the rehab facility where she was before she had the seizure, maybe I could have done something. When the reality was, there was nothing I could have done. And so once I um, began to understand that, and once I began to wrap my, my mind around that and just get my headspace together, and I'm still going through this right now, by the way. <laughs> but once I began to get myself in the mindset of, okay, Asha, this was not your fault. You know what I'm saying? You have no reason to blame yourself. You were faithful to your mom. You did everything that you could for your mom. You know what I'm saying? You always met the extra mile for your mom. So you don't have anything to feel any blame about. Once I gave myself, you know what I'm saying, compassion. And then even that, just, you know, just that part of just, you know, it's almost kind of like having a conversation with myself where it's like, well, I didn't show up Sunday when she called for me you know, kind of thing, giving myself compassion to being like, you know, it's okay. It's okay. You know what I'm saying? Your mom knew you loved her. Your mom loved the ground you walked on. Your mom, you know what I'm saying? She was your biggest supporter. You know, all of these different things, just allowing myself grace, giving myself grace. So, and that's what you need to do um, as well. When you're in this stage of bargaining, just give yourself some compassion, You know what I'm saying? Show yourself some love. Give yourself some grace. Okay. Number two, there are some things that are just out of your control, but how you handle them gives you back control. Okay. So I'm going to say that again. There are some things that are out of your control, but how you handle those things gives you back control. Okay. What I mean by that, there are some things that are just the inevitable death is definitely the inevitable okay meaning at some point we all are going to have to die it just is what it is you know what i'm saying there's nothing that we can do about it there's not amount of money that we can pay somebody to stop that process or anything like that we are all going to have to die that is just the inevitable that's out of our control okay there are some things that you know what I'm saying that are that are in our our control you know what i'm saying um if you've lost something maybe like before losing you know doing the work to keep it you know what i'm saying well, you know for example um, just a pretty, you know, lighter topic relationships. You know what I'm saying? If you're in a relationship with somebody, of course you, your responsibility, you know what I'm saying? You do the work to keep the person, you know what I'm saying? Communication, love, support, you know what I'm saying? Just doing everything that you can do and they need to be doing the same thing as well. It needs to be reciprocated. Okay. So those are things that are with, are within your control to handle. Okay. You're within your control to do. Okay. Um, there's a difference between taking responsibility and blaming. Okay. Taking responsibility is realizing, okay, maybe in this relationship, I didn't do 
all that I could have done. Maybe I did not communicate with this person. Maybe I didn't um, treat this person the best way um, that I that I was able to. Okay, that's taking responsibility. But then blame is just beating yourself over the head with like this relationship ended just because I was just an idiot and I just did like that's blaming, and we don't want that. Okay, we want to take responsibility. Okay, so there are things that are the inevitable and there are things that we have the power to control but either or whether we control it or whether we can't how we handle the situation gives us control back okay because if we go about the situation and we just constantly beat ourselves up and you know what i'm saying we just go down i call it the dark the, the sunken place once if we get in that sunken place you know what i'm saying then we're losing our ability to be able to be in a better place because we're giving that grief and that lost control to just go haywire or you know or we're giving that we're not we're giving that situation control to basically just put us down a rabbit hole okay so there are some things that are out of our control but how we handle it gives us back control okay number three you are not crazy and I know this is one of the tips that I had said before on one of the other stages of grief, but I really want to hone in on it when I say about bargaining, because previously, like I said, um, people who bargain, they'll try to negotiate with themselves or with a higher power, um, sometimes about a situation that's already done with. Okay. You are not crazy. Okay. You are in a period of time where you are trying to process something that has happened to you that you have lost you know what I'm saying and that you are experiencing that does not make you crazy okay just like how I said a couple of weeks back when I was talking about how people will say oh well you know what I'm saying this person has been gone for a year or you know what I'm saying you you lost this you know six years ago you should be over it the reality is that person is speaking from a perspective that's not you okay so nobody gives and nobody has any right to say oh well you should be over this by now or you know saying you are not crazy because you are trying to get in a better place from this loss or grief that you've experienced you are not i I mean i know it sounds crazy to some people um that i'm saying this but you're not crazy because you're still trying to um negotiate with yourself or you know different stuff like that it's a process Okay, it may sound crazy to someone on the outside that has not experienced this. Okay, but you do whatever you need to do that is safe and that is healthy to help you get onto the pathway of healing through from grief and loss. So you're not crazy. Okay, and I really want you to understand that you are not crazy. Okay, number four, communicate. Bargaining, like I said, is a heavy weight. Okay, and just shame and loss and guilt alone, like even outside of the grief and loss process, grief and loss process is very heavy emotions. Okay, and so what we don't want is to get into a place where we allow those feelings to overwhelm us and put us in the sunken place. Okay, so. When I say communicate, it doesn't always necessarily mean vocally talking to somebody. Okay. Um, I work with kids and sometimes they don't, if I ask them what's wrong, sometimes they don't want to verbally say it out loud. Okay. Because for whatever reason, maybe it's too much for them or it's very hurtful or painful to them and they don't want to say it verbally out loud. That's cool. Okay. I keep a notebook and pen 
in my fanny pack sometimes I take it out and I say well can you will you write it out for me or will you write me a note saying what's wrong and I, I want to say about nine times out of ten that works okay because they're not having to hear out loud what the the issue is and so as long as you're getting getting it out whether it's on paper or whether it's out loud or whether it's in art or whether you know what I'm saying it's in prayer whatever you need to do to communicate out loud this feeling that you are feeling of of of, of bargaining whatever that issue is let it out communicate it in some type of way even I kid you not even if you write um I call it splatter padding I got this from you know, uh, from shout out to Miss Amanda. I got this from Miss Amanda. Um, um, even if you have to splatter pad it out, which is basically just like getting paper and just, it doesn't even have to be on the lines. It could just be written or drawn or scribbled somewhere on the paper, just so it's getting out of you and on to something else. You know what I'm saying? That is another form of communicating as well. You, you don't want shame and grief and blaming and shaming and overthinking to be something that boggles you down let it out in some type of way that is healthy and that is going to benefit you okay so let's review um number one show yourself some compassion okay number two there are things that are out of our control but how we handle it gives us back control okay number three you are not crazy and number four communicate in some kind of way, whatever your way of communicating, communicate. Okay. So I hope that this episode helps someone because I kid you not, as I was talking, it was really helping me. Um, so this, cause this is one of them that I realized that I am going through, um, right now as well. So take these tips, you know what I'm saying? Apply them. And the applying is where you see the results because it's one thing to just listen to these episodes and be like, dang, Ashley really um, gave me some information and something to think about. But it hits different when you actually take the steps and apply them. So take these steps, apply them. I'm coming back next week with part five. It's going to be kind of heavy. Um, I do recommend maybe listening to it with somebody else. Um, I Or, you know what I'm saying, even after you listen to the episode, maybe, you know, communicating whatever you need to do um because we will be talking um about depression which is the fifth stage of grief so it's going to be kind of heavy but it's going to be helpful so tune in next week for another episode of girl code 101 bye